So, Boker Tov, everyone. Boker Tov. Today we're going to uh, be studying. I hope you're having a wonderful day. We're going to be studying today in memory of Uri's, Uri's, Uri's um, father, Uri. Uri's, Uri's father, um, whose name was Zev Ben Yaakov, of blessed memory. Who is uh, Zev, ben, Zev, Zev Ben Abraham, of blessed memory, who... Uh, uh, he's now in the this the funeral was uh, I believe yesterday. yesterday so today they're uh, sitting shiva may may the soul be ele- elevated and bless your entire family amen, amen. amen. and to, when you learn Torah and memory of someone it, it blesses their soul so I'm sure uh, your father appreciates that uh, this is happening so we're on page 66 and we're actually talking about a very powerful thing that relates actually to the afterlife how is that when you realize that there's two parts to our life, there's our body and then there's our soul. And the soul part doesn't change after death. The soul part stays on. It's only the body that can get sick and die and pass away. And when you live that way during your life, even while you're alive, so then it's very easy to have love your fellow as yourself. Why? Because your body is what separates you from other people, but your soul is what connects you. And when you focus on the soul, and that's the dominant part of your life, then Avat Yisrael, love your fellow Yid, is very, very straightforward. So that's what we're going to say right now, um, in the middle of page 66. Mm-hmm. So why, why can this person reach to love your fellow? Since his body is despised and loathsome, right? He will not love himself on account of his body more than he loves his fellow. So if your whole relationship to yourself is more of a bodily relationship, right? So you, you can start. That can lead to dissension, right? But he's not going to love himself based on his body. So now what is he going to focus on? His soul. And when it comes to the soul, we're all one. And as for the soul and spirit, the differences between his own soul and that of his fellow surely will not diminish the love between them. For who can know their soul and spirit's greatness and excellence in their source and root, the living God? How then can one claim that his soul is superior to his fellows? You hear the point? Thank you. Because you cannot, you cannot say that when it comes to the body, one could look at themselves and say, Oh, I'm, I'm more handsome. I am. I. I have. A, I'm a better fit than that person. I maybe have more money than that person. So when it comes to the material part of oneself, I mean the body. It's very easy to define. Someone can inflate their own self worth, and 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 look down at someone else. But when it comes to the soul, you never know. Maybe that person's soul is greater than you. So how could you look down at someone? And now that's one level. Then there's a higher level. There's another level where all souls are compatible. Furthermore, they're actually all equal. Now, the first point was maybe their soul's greater. Second point is, on a certain level, all souls are equal. And not only equal yet separate, but furthermore, this is even a higher level, a third level. They all have one father, one source, and within their source, they all comprise one entity. In other words, you could say that all souls are equal, compatible with each other, but not exactly the same. But then we have one source that's the ultimate unity, 
that since all our souls come from one source, essentially we're all one. And how could I not like someone else? How could I not have love of your fellow Yid as yourself? It is on account of this common root in the one God that all Israel are called brothers in the full sense of the word. And not only figuratively in the sense of relatives or similar in appearance and the like. Literally, the Jewish people are called brothers. So what differentiates one Jew from another? Only the bodies are distinct from each other. That This explains how it's also possible to man that one love his fellow as he loves himself. Why? Because self-love is innate. You naturally love yourself. If you don't love yourself, then you need to talk to somebody, right? Right. If a person dislikes themselves, that's not healthy. The healthy way is to like yourself. Natural, all right? So self-love is innate, natural to man. Love for one's fellow is not. How can a generated love match a natural one? If the other person you have to meditate to think about to create a love for that person, how could that be an equal to the love that you naturally have for yourself? And the, how could you say via hafta, the reacha komocha, the big, big, uh, big rule in the Torah: love your fellow as yourself. What do you mean as yourself? How could I possibly love someone as I love myself, which, which is natural? So according to the principles stated here, this is readily understood. One Jew need not create a love for another. The love is inborn characteristic of an inborn characteristic of a soul on account of its root and godliness, which is common to all souls. It is as natural as love between brothers. You don't have to think about loving your brother, right? I mean, it, it comes natural. There's a natural love that a person has to their brother. And essentially, all the Jewish people are, are also are, are brothers and sisters. And because that's the case, we have a natural, just like we have a natural love for ourselves, we have a natural love for our brothers and sisters. And therefore, it's also natural. Now, here's a caveat. If, you're per, if a person focuses only on their body, and that's the main part of their life, then it'll be very hard for them to love their fellow relationships. Therefore, Therefore, there can be no true love and fraternity between those who regard their bodies as primary and their souls secondary, but only a love based on an external factor. Right? You know, if a person holds their body as the main part of them, so as long as the other person makes that person feel good, they'll love them. In other words, it's all external. It's all bodily. So it's all, you know, it's like uh, people say, you know, uh, they fell in love with each other, right? And then real love uh, is ultimately is, is a long-term relationship where people are doing for each other and there's a bond, there's a deep connection, not some external uh, lustful uh, situation where one gratifies the other person, but that's on a, that's a, that's, that's on a marriage, so, so, so to speak. But the same thing with regards to any relationship. You have different people you know, and there could be a relationship that is, is purely based on each person giving the other person what they bring to the table. Person says, uh, uh, you, one person brings uh, business, one person likes to play tennis, the other person likes to play tennis, hobbies, um, social, it's all about each other gratifying the other person. But that's not what true love is. True, true love is, is, is a real bond between the people. True love is even when the person's not doing uh, gratifying the other person, but there's a, an innate love. You're not, your brother's not your brother because he lo- loaned you his bicycle. He's also your brother when he didn't want to line, lend you the bicycle. You're still connected. And that's the true connection that we're talking about here. Since the body separates us from each other, 
whereas the soul is that which binds us together, the greater value one places on his body at the expense of his soul, the more conscious he is of the differences between himself and his fellow. The differences require that he created love for his fellow, and as said before, above, a created love can never equal a natural innate love. Therefore, love between people who consider their bodies as primary importance must be only on, on, a, on a love based on some external factor, in which case the love is A, limited to the importance of the motivating factor, and B, destined to endure only as long as that factor is valid. The love is based on how well the person plays uh, tennis, so as soon as they, they hurt them, their foot, they can't play tennis, so then it's over. But whereas a love that's not based on that, it's innate, it'll stay forever. So it's the endurance of the love, but also the quality of the love. Even when there is the love, it's a different level of love. So number one is while the love is being experienced, one level is based on something, one life is innate. And number two, one will last and endure, and the other one will not. And therefore the primary idea of life, according to the Torah, is to focus on making the soul the dominant factor, and that's the way to connect to our fellow. And as we're going to learn soon, that's also the way to connect to God. Because what, what motivates somebody to keep the commandments if their body is the main part? The motivation is a little lacking. But when the soul is the focus, then it, it leads to, to not just love your fellows yourself, it leads essentially to all the commandments of the Torah. So may, may, may our love for our fellow bring about the cause, the cause of the, the strife and the destruction of the second temple was strife between Jews, baseless hatred, and baseless love will lead to the, the building of the third temple, which will stay eternally our main right now.